I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-Minute Parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-Minute Parenting Podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. I've been getting a lot more messages from people about teenagers with questions about teenage development and the parent-teenage relationship since the launch of my third book there at the end of October this year. So I thought it would be useful to delve a little bit deeper into what I would consider typical, albeit not entirely pleasant, adolescent development stages, phases, what we might expect and how we can parent through those challenges. So today I just wanted to draw from one message that I've received and it was from a parent who was worried about their 15-year-old seeming immaturity, just really concerned that their teenager seemed emotionally really immature, um, said he was demanding more freedom and independence, yet still needed to be nagged into taking a shower daily taking care of basic hygiene or even to tidy his room. So I thought this was such an interesting example of the, you know, at times confusing way that teens can assert independence, perhaps believing it's up to them when they shower and that their space is theirs to structure as they see fit. And they're asserting independence that actually looks like a blatant display of immaturity. And that can be really confusing to a parent who's like, well, are you ready for this freedom or independence? Look at you behaving like a young child. I don't think you are. I need to put more control and structure into the parenting until you show me you're ready. And invariably what happens then is there's this incongruence and the teenager digs their heels in and becomes seemingly even more immature. I just thought, you know, that was so interesting and relevant and I think not exclusive to this teenage boy and his parent at all, but something that many of us will experience because it is actually very typical of what I'd call stage two adolescent development, um, which is exactly where this 15 year old is at, you know, that age of 15. So let me say a little bit about those stages. I think that would be useful. And I think it's a nice way of framing some other topics that are coming in about teenagers is to have this as a baseline of what is typical um, adolescent development. So there are three stages for adolescents. Early adolescents would be, say, 12 to 14 years. So just coming out of that middle childhood phase and into early adolescence. This is peak puberty time. Teenagers are spending longer periods of time scrutinizing their appearance, obsessing about it. And with this this change comes and, you know, this kind of increased self-focus can come raised levels of embarrassment, you know, so they're kind of, they're so self-focused and so, um, you know, looking in at their appearance that they can become very embarrassed. You see blushing, you see what might look like apparent shyness or coyness when people pass remarks about them. And while they are more focused on their physical appearance, you will also notice that they react badly if you show, if you show too much interest in it. If you over or say, oh, that's nice, or I like what you did with your hair, or have you changed something? They might snap at you and you believe you were just trying to be nice. Um, You're also likely to see kind of noticeable increase in what I'd call risk-taking behavior, ultimately, you know, pushing boundaries, trying to see how far they can push you and assert that, that kind of bubbling independence that's rising up in them. Communication, I think, at this age also shifts, and it's more towards what is not said 
than what is said. So you often find yourself as a parent in a guessing role trying to read and infer and interpret what isn't being said but might be communicated in body language. You're also going to notice that sexual interest is becoming peaked. You might notice kind of even intense crushes emerging or fantasies about celebrities, musicians, people online. It's a time when sexual identity issues come into sharper focus and you may see, you know, or observe just more overt questioning about their own sexual or gender identity. Um, This is entirely normal and healthy, but you can see already that that's an awful lot of change for any young person to be dealing with. That's an awful lot of newfound uncertainty while they're also driving to feel assured and certain about themselves. It is confusing. You know, I think starting in middle childhood and now increasing in these adolescent years, you're going to notice that their peer group becomes a much more important hub of social development than you, you know, their parents or immediate family. So as parents, you're you're no longer idealized. I don't think that's going to come as too much of a shock. You know, you might be used to in early childhood, your child was in love with you and thought you were fantastic and you were the, the fount of all knowledge and had all the answers. In middle childhood, they do begin to become a little more cynical, testing us. Are you sure? Can we check Google about what you just told me? But in adolescence, you know, the veil has dropped and you're not idealized. In fact, they will have no issue in pointing out all of your limitations and failings um, at this stage. But this shift brings new acting out types of behaviours with it too. Puberty is amplified, especially for girls as they tend to enter puberty earlier than than boys do at this age. So you can see mood swings that can be quite extreme and even oscillating between rage and then apparent depressed states. Um, Again, this is all what is very confusing as a parent because you feel like, oh my gosh, they're so angry and aggressive and you parent them with that and then they seem very flat and depressed and you're like, oh my goodness, is there something wrong? So this is a time of heightened tension, I think, for parents as teenagers are going through huge development. Um, Then they're going to move at 15 to 17 years into mid-adolescence. So the surge of puberty has settled, at least for girls. I think boys may still be in the midst of puberty at the start of this stage. You know, changes to their voice, physical appearance are very much ongoing at this age for boys. But the mood swings, they linger, okay? They mightn't look and sound exactly the same. For some kids, they will, um, but they linger. You're still going to see those mood swings. You see, again, that heightened focus on appearance is still there, but now they're not only focused on how they look, but they're really focused on how others might be perceiving or moreover judging how they look and they're convinced that others are focused on the how they look and judging how they look. You know, that withdrawal that I mentioned that begins in early adolescence where they're prioritizing their peers, um, that withdrawal from parents increases because they're perceiving that, you know, basically you just don't get it. They may even assert that you're out to ruin their life at this stage and they say that with certainty. You know, you don't get it. I'm not going to tell you about it. I don't even know why I asked you. I knew you would say that. All of that stuff is very active. They are craving increased independence, but how they assert this can be really confusing. And I think that's exactly what jumped out for me with that contact I had from the parent, that here's a 15 year old craving independence, but his way of asserting it was communicating to his parents actually, you, you're not ready for this at all. And so the response was to increase control and structure in the belief that he's not mature enough to have this level of independence, leading to a standoff that then fuels increased tension and rouse. 
The peer group still, though, is their main focus at this age. And the, you know, how they see and have developed their position within that group is what's driving many of their overt behaviors and actions. So you're going to see an even further increase, I would say, in risk-taking behavior. And I've spoken about risk on this podcast before. Um, a few episodes ago, you can go back in the archives and find that one. But I think it's something I might come back to with a particular focus on adolescence because it's really, it peaks in adolescent development. So you see that increase in risk-taking behavior. You're going to start to see, at the same time, a decrease in those kind of bizarre, atypical, incongruent acting out behaviours, that more irrational stuff should begin to decrease, particularly towards the 16, 17 year old age group, um, because their ability, basically, I think it's down to their their ability to better verbalise what's going on has increased over this mid adolescent swing. It doesn't mean, okay, now just to say, it doesn't mean that you won't still see those acting out behaviours. You most certainly will, but not as frequent as in early adolescence and the veracity of them should have decreased. It's worth saying at this stage that when I talk about these stages of adolescence, I'm really talking about them in quite general terms. There will always be an exception to the rule. You may well be listening going, no, my 17-year-old is still very much as you just described a 14-year-old. And if that's the case, you know, trust your instinct, trust your gut. That is true of your teenager and that is going to affect your relationship and the kind of actions you take. If you feel that your teenager is significantly emotionally immature and the acting out behaviours are still at a worrying level, it might be worth reaching out for some adolescent mental health supports or even some therapeutic parenting supports for yourself just to get some guidance and direction to reassure you through this. But for the most part, as I said, the veracity of those acting out behaviours have decreased and are decreasing um, throughout mid-adolescence, 15 to 17 years old. So that by this third stage of late adolescence, which is, you know, 18, right up to 21 years, you know, it's worth holding in mind that young adulthood is nowadays really defined as up to 23 years, though I do recall reading an article um, that said that you're a young adult right up until 30 years of age. And I just remembered thinking to myself, goodness, if you think you're a young adult at 30, that's probably part of the challenge you're experiencing. But I think it was down to people living at home for a longer period, staying in education for longer periods and that kind of codependency with parents lingering longer than it typically would um, a generation ago at that stage of development. But late adolescence is really defined between 18 and 21 years old. And by this stage, most adolescents have completed their physical growth and development. And in general, we're tending to see much more of a balance between you know, how they view risk and reward. And what that means developmentally is that that impulse to engage in risk taking behaviours is much more modulated by balancing out, is it worth it? And I think that's particularly relevant because the teenage brain develops in a very particular way throughout adolescence. Early into mid-adolescence, the part of the brain that develops super quickly is that part of the brain that says, do it, do it, do it, do it, that thrill-seeking reward drive of the brain. It's always worth taking the risk and you don't weigh up the consequences. And the reason they don't weigh up consequences is because the part of the brain that enables them to do that really 
really doesn't develop until early to mid 20s, at least for most of us. Maybe some people you're thinking, gosh, it takes them their whole life to do that. But developmentally, you know, they are wired to take risk. But coming into this later adolescent stage, coming up to that 18, 19, 20, 21 year old age group, we are seeing more of a balance between, hmm, let me pause and think, is it worth it? So the balance between risk and reward and even their ability to consider those likely consequences of certain actions just brings better impulse control with it. Um, They also tend to have secured greater independence, that thing that they've been striving for and aiming for throughout their adolescence. And you know, even literal, but certainly figurative distance from their parents, because maybe they've had the opportunity to study away from home or spend a summer in in Europe or in the States, you know, away with friends. And they've experienced some of that kind of physical distance from parents as well. But they're also be, you know, reestablishing a more adult connection and relationship with you. And I think this is what parents, you know, really hope for in those really difficult, challenging adolescent years when it seems to be nothing but conflict and highly fraught is that by late adolescence, you know, as development has slowed down, your young person, your young adult now is finding their way back to you and they are reestablishing a connection. But now it's a much more adult connection. It's a much more mature, you know, I suppose even collegial type of relationship with you there's more balance in it and in this stage parents are becoming you know as I said collegial there but you're becoming more of a peer than that adult in charge now you're still the parent there still is a boundary and particularly if they're living with you it's still your home your rules and there needs to be those limit setting but overall the relationship is much more peer like and they're more likely to discuss kind of mature topics with you, things like world current affairs topics, and they have a clearer stance and position on such matters and are strengthening, you know, their individuality, their values, their ideals. There's a greater degree of stability in their relationships in general with you, with friends, with intimate partners that they choose, with general family members. You're just seeing more of an emotional development that's enabling them to make sense. So, to briefly go back to the message that came in that kind of brought all of that to my mind is that this 15 year old and his confusing behavior um, as his parents are seeing it he's not ready for independence he's actually very immature is actually really typical of the stage of development he's at that 15 year old mid adolescence and sometimes you have to step back and say is this really a battle I want to take on because I think that's one of the biggest take home messages in parenting adolescence is to know when to pick your battles and if he wants to keep his room in a state maybe you put a boundary in place and say okay there can be no food items because that might attract you know rodents or insects in there there can be no food items left and you know once a week you have to at least put laundry in the basket so you put some kind of a boundary in place and beyond that the mess as you see it but they see it as their space to design maybe it's about closing the door and leaving them at it maybe it's not now I'm just putting that out there and you might say absolutely not so I think that that's something that you're just going to have to hold in mind what stage of adolescence is my teenager at and knowing about that stage of development is the behavior that I'm seeing typical of that stage in which case maybe don't make it a battle but find a compromise and a way to resolve it thank you for listening i'd love if you could leave a positive review share this with a friend or a few friends or even subscribe to the podcast 
It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-Minute Parenting.